Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Just Shane. I am so excited, and I think that this conversation is going to be such a timely one for you and your mama's mama and your grandma's mama. I don't know if your grandma's mama's alive, but I'm sure she would have wanted to listen to this interview. And so I'm excited to have what feels like now a friend, um, but, you know, it'd be like that with people, you know? Like you just meet somebody, you're like, yeah, I've known you for 10 years, even though you haven't. We've only known each other for about 30 minutes now. Uh, but I am so excited to have Jay Thomas with us today. Hey guys, I'm Shay, a three wing two on the Enneagram that finds her home in Atlanta, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to create an ongoing conversation about the tensions of following Jesus in today's culture. Join me and many others as we have conversations that challenge and inspire us to follow Jesus in our day and age. This is just Shayan. So excited to have Jay Thomas with us today. And I, um, I, I mean, it's been many, many moons ago that I ran into some of Jay's music with IHOP and different things like that. And it, as if you know Jay, if you know one thing, if you know all that, like you know that that worship honestly was a landing pad for a huge move of the spirit of just worship, changing, shifting what worship was. And I'm not a worship leader. I'm a pretend worship leader. Uh, lead worship to the masses in my car in the spirit realm. That's about as good as that gets. Um, and no, I will never post that, but it'd be like that. Um, but I, <laughs> I'm excited to have you on just because I know that your music, even your new stuff, all the things that God's been doing in you is so timely. And it's what I love about your music, Jay, is that it's a pioneering sound. It's always been something that's been a, almost ahead where it's like people have to catch up to it. But it's that spirit that you have. And so I'm just excited to have you on here today. Thank you, Shay. It's an honor to be with you. Yeah, it's been, it's been a hoot. We just went into some prayer time. It was like fiery up in here. So I'm like, I'm yeah. gonna catch us while we're in the swirl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it all. <laughs> yes. And so I just I just um I would love to just talk about, I mean, there's lots of things that have just like, I'm like, oh, there's this, there's this. I would love just to hear a bit of your story as much as you're willing to share, but also just to segue into, um, I think there's so many things I would love to speak to you about a worship leader and honestly a worship pastor, because I believe that you don't just lead, you are pastoring the next generation. You are um, pastoring hearts and you, I'm sure would say you could preach all this, but I'm going to say it, but <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to take my time. It's my show. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Good boy, girl. But just how worship isn't just a song, like worship is daily choices that we make. It, when you get up yeah. on a stage, it isn't like, oh, now I'm coming to worship. Like you are, have lived your life out loud and down low more times than not. And that is why we see and feel the spirit when you get up and pour out um, from a stage is because that stage has become a prayer closet. It's not that it's a stage anymore. It's just a place that you lose it with Jesus. And so um, I kind of just went off on my own tangent. I'm really good at that. <laughs> no, you're, I love you're just here to laugh, you know? <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm great. I'm great with that. You keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but 
uh, I would love for you just to share, share um, a little bit of your story, but also just segue into like worship for you and how you keep, cause it's hard. Like it's hard. And whether it's, you know, just church culture, it ain't easy um, right. to not get caught up in the stuff, you know? Yeah. You know what? Well, first of all, I'm a church rat. So um, hey, um. I'm, a, I'm a church rat. I'm a church kid. I'm a PK. I'm a P grand K. I'm a P great grand K. I'm a P nephew. I'm, I'm a P cousin. I got preachers. I've been like, I've been in church my whole life. So I have, um, you know, I always, I always joke and I tell people, I said, I, I speak three languages. I, uh, English is my primary language. Tongues is my second language. And and uh, Christianese or churchies is my third language, which I'm fluent in. So, um, but all that to say, like I, uh, I've been in and around church my whole life. Um, but what really shifted for me was not it's not uh, experiencing church, but it was actually encountering the actual very presence of God that shifted Ooh. everything on its head for me. And uh, when I when I learned that I could approach him and that I could actually come into his presence and have a conversation face to face with him, that changed everything for me. And that that isn't necessarily what gave me my occupation. It's what gave me my identity. That's so good. And uh, <laughs> and so I'm not a worship leader by occupation. I'm a worship leader because I've seen beauty, and I was changed by beauty. And I'm ruined for nothing less than beauty. And that is the beauty of God and the person of Jesus Christ himself. And uh, and so that is why that is why I do what I do. Uh, I don't lead worship because I want to take people into a place where I, I don't. It's, it, it actually has nothing to do with people. The way I see it is um, I, I get to worship Jesus. I get to look him in the eye and tell him things that he already knows about himself. And you get to watch. <laughs> It's so good. He already knows this, y'all. He knows. He I already say, knows. I get to say you're beautiful and you're glorious, and he knows that. But I get to, I get to, that's that's the model of, that's the real model of on earth as it is in heaven, because that's exactly what's happening around the throne right now and has been happening for all of eternity, is that conversation of you are glorious. There is none like you. You're beautiful. You're altogether lovely. You're holy. And I get to come into that now, and other people get to watch. It's kind of... Um, uh, was it uh, was it John that said, you know, something about, you know, I get to burn people get to watch. Come watch me burn or whatever. Yes. So, um, so that's it. I get to burn and people get to watch. Uh, and hopefully and hopefully my flame will cause others to to burn as well. So I yeah, there's a lot, I guess I could say. But uh, my journey is that I grew up in church and I've been in church my whole life. And um, and uh, I got saved, I guess, when I was 12. Um, but I got saved for real. Huh? Anybody know what I'm talking hey, about? Uh, Shay knows what you're talking about. Because <laughs> you get saved and you get saved sa- for real. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So I when someone it. says, you know, BC, I'm like, hold on. I kind of have two of those. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So people say, when did you, when did you, when did you, when did you get saved? I go, well, which, you mean the first time or the real time? <laughs> so yes. um, I got church saved when I was 12. But I got for real saved, really, when I was about 17, and um, which is when I actually encountered Holy Spirit. And uh, and so um, 
because obviously we all know that salvation is a work of the Spirit. But when I encountered the person of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit at 17, that's what really awakened faith inside of me. And so that's when I started leading worship. Uh, although I had been singing in church my whole life, like I sang church when I was three. I started singing in church when I was three. Um, but uh, at 17 um, is when I got invited to worship, which was like, and for those who are listening, you're like, why'd you say it like that? Because I put it in quotes, uh, lead worship, because I had never led worship. I had led songs. I never led worship. And that was the beginning of, uh, of encountering the Lord in that way. I went from growing up singing songs about God to people to singing songs about God to God. And, <laughs> and that shifted everything. <laughs> so that shifted everything for me. Yeah, I I think that like it's so what you just said, I'm like, well, we could talk about that for five hours. We totally could. <laughs> you know, because that is, I mean, even I'm not a worship leader, but even in my own life with worship, when it becomes yeah. you talking to God about God, yes. and not me talking to God for people, like right. it's that whole like fear of man leaves. Absolutely. Like, it's like Absolutely. a huge heart check because now it's like it's an audience of one thing, which is a lot easy yeah. to wear the shirt and say audience of one. And, mm-hmm. But in your heart, you'd be like, but really, I would rather. Right. You exactly. know what I'm saying? And I think there's a place. There is a place. I want to I want to give credence because there is a place where it is. It is viable. It is right. It is good. It is holy to sing songs about God to people. There's a there's a Absolutely. place. For that. But more often than not, I find that when we're singing songs about God to people, we're mostly just entertaining people uh, in the name of God, in the name of Jesus. We're just really entertaining people, singing ethereal concepts about God without singing personal experiences with God uh, and encounters with him. And so uh, and so for me, for me, um, because I want to be careful, I'm not saying everybody's whatever, but uh, for me, it, it shifted for me when I began to sing songs about God to God, um, because I realized that I'm singing to him, but he's also singing over me. <laughs> so good. And, uh, and so it's a it's a mutual it's just it's this mutual love that I can't get away from. And so anyway, I just I love it's so good. I, I love what I get to do. I'm so honored and thankful that the Lord invited me into this reality. Yeah. Do you feel like when you were little, like is this something you were like, this is what I was made to do? Oh, oh absolutely. Nothing else uh made sense in my whole life. I mean my nothing in my life ever made sense. I knew from a from a young child I was made I didn't know I was made to be a worship leader. I knew I was going to sing. But honestly in my early years in my immaturity I thought that meant um that I was gonna be um I was gonna be famous. You know I was gonna travel and I was gonna sign autographs and I was gonna write, you know, I was gonna make CDs, you know, for those who even know what CDs are in a streaming in an age of streaming music. Um, but I was gonna, that's what I, I was going to be a celebrity. Um, and that's what I, and I, but you know, I was going to do it for Jesus, you know, I was going to be, well, a of course you would. Right, right, right. I was, I, you know, when I, I was going to be the black Michael W. Smith. So, oh, Lord. And, <laughs> so friends are friends forever. Okay. Aren't they? But right. Aren't they though? <laughs> Go West young man. Anyway. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's who I was going to be. And that was what my heart and desire was. And then the Lord said, no, I actually didn't create you for that at all. I didn't create you for, uh, for celebrityism. Um, I created you to be one who knows me intimately and who sings my heart uh, as a prophetic singer. Uh, you know, anyway, that's, whew, that's yeah. a whole thing. But 
Um, so I, yeah, I love it. I am so honored. There's nothing else in this whole world that I want to do with my life. Yeah. Um, nothing else makes sense. I don't have any other skills. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm just, it's a mess. I love it. Nothing. I ain't got no skills, but hey. I ain't got nothing else I can do. I mean, you know, so, um, you know, I've worked uh, some jobs and I've, I've worked some jobs and I haven't super loved any of them. Um, the, I mean, I've had a couple of jobs I've enjoyed. Um, uh, I used to work in real estate and I enjoyed that, but it's not what I was made for. Right. So, for sure. Um, yeah. What do you feel like? If you could speak into it, because we hit it, so we, you hit something that I was like, I actually think it would be fun to talk about with you. It's just that whole celebrity idea of like, I'm going to be famous, I'm going to be this, and then I'm going to throw Jesus' name on it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And what would you say to this generation of worship leaders, up and coming, if you will, I guess, whatever, whatever that really means? But yeah. what would you say, hey, stay in guard? Like, if you could say something to like 25 year old Jay. Mm-hmm. trying to figure it out and be like, okay, what would you say? Well, this is, I say this all the time and it may sound clever and I don't mean it to sound clever. I mean it as honestly as I can possibly mean it. And that is this. If you see a microphone as greater than a toilet brush, you're not ready. Woo-hoo! Okay. And, and, and the reason that, that I, that has to be said is because I mean it. I, that comes from a personal story of mine, and, I, and the story goes in a short version of it, is when I was uh, 20 years old, um, I remember going to my pastor at the time, and I told my pastor, I need to, you need to hire me to be the next worship leader of this, of this church because I'm anointed. I mean, I knew I was anointed. I'm anointed. I can sing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm good at what I do, so you need to, uh, you need to hire me. And he looked at me with a straight face and he said to me, this was on a Sunday afternoon. He said, when can you start? And I said, I can start tomorrow. He said, great. I'll see you tomorrow morning at staff meeting at 9 a.m. And so I showed up the next morning uh, at staff meeting at 9 a.m. thinking I'm 20 years old. So super arrogant, prideful, all of it. And he and he says to me, this was the best thing that could ever happen to me. He says to, to, to the whole staff, I want to introduce everybody to Jay Thomas. I've hired him. He's going to be full time staff. And I was all proud. Yeah, I'm the new I'm the new guy in town and I'm anointed. But he didn't tell the staff he hired me to be a worship leader. You know, I've, I've hired Jay. He's going to be full time. And um, uh, he is anointed. And we're so glad to have him with us. He says, Jay, your first assignment is that you're going to be working with Billy. Now, everybody knew who Billy was. Billy was the church uh, maintenance guy, the custodian. Oh, Lord. And when I tell you how mad out, girl, when I tell you how mad I was, but but what I did was I ended up spending the next months on staff full-time cleaning toilets, vacuuming floors, washing windows, painting, whatever else needed to be done. Is what I and but and I was mad about it at first, but what it did is it shaped and formed in me uh, first the character of understanding that ministry is servanthood, and that and so it ain't about fame, it ain't about people knowing, it ain't about people patting you on the back, it ain't about you putting your skills on display. It literally is going to the lowest place. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, and he said, "If you don't even if you don't let me wash your feet, you will have no part of me." And so it is first servanthood. So I tell people, you, you're talking about fame. I'm going to tell you this. The Lord told me something and also in my 20s. He said, I'll give you a platform when you have something to say. 
<laughs> you don't have nothing to say. I don't care how skilled you are. I don't care how many runs you can do. I don't care how many songs you've written. I don't care how many demos you have. I don't care how many uh, plays and followers you have on Spotify. I don't care. If you don't have something to say because it has not been formed in the place of servanthood and going low, you are not ready. He'll give you a platform when you don't care about it anymore. Right. Oh, that'll preach. Go ahead. That, that thing will preach. So that's what I would say to 25 year old me and all the other 25 year old <laughs> me who are out there who are listening. Uh, don't make fame your aim. Uh, you know, make his presence your aim. Yeah, that's so good. And then like, I mean, gosh, it's such a thing because it is that thing. Like even like social media allows us yeah. to have our use our voice, you know, use your voice. And you're like, mm-hmm. OK, like there's such a push to like, you know to yield those things for Jesus, which is, there's something beautiful to that as well, but it's the heart. It's the heart. But if you're seeing this one thing I seek, if that one thing you seek is a microphone, then he ain't the one thing you seeking. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's till you get lost in that until you can really be reduced down to like, you are the one thing I seek. Then it's like that. He breathes on that humility. He breathes on that. He really does. He really does. I have, been I'm, I'm still blown away all these years later 27 years of ministry later i am still blown away at the things he has allowed me to do in ministry not because i was seeking them um, i've never sought out ministry i want to make that real clear i've never ever put on social media um come have me lead at your next conference i don't because i'm not looking for ministry i'm looking for him i want him Come on. And he will set me in places where he has set me in places that I never thought I'd ever go. Uh, and I'm super, I'm super grateful for those things, but they're not my identity. And I don't really care if I ever do it again, frankly, as long as I have him. It's so, so. good. What do you, I, I love it. I'm like, I can sit here all day. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, what do you, where do you see prophetically or what has the Lord showed you where quote unquote, the worship movement, if you would, which I don't believe is supposed to be a, a movement unto itself. I'm going to go ahead and say that because I think Ecclesia would be all of the movements, whether it's the House of Prayer movement, missions movement, worship movement. Like they're not supposed to be individual. Right, 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 right. They're supposed right. to be it's like, it's hello, that's what I'm saying. But with that said, <laughs> just to just uh you know speak clearly to people what where do you what do you see coming whether that's for the body for worshipers what do you see the levites doing because i was thinking about this i told you earlier i was working out praying about this conversation which now everybody knows i work out i do i try my best um <laughs> but <laughs> you know it'd be like that sometimes i'm gonna show up and that's all i got um but I was thinking about this as a Levite, as, as a worship, you know, leader, pastor, the, the, you know, the scribe, what, where do you see as the Levites would first go out to battle? Like where, where do you, what do you see? What do you feel like the Lord showing you? Well, I think, I think what, what I see um, happening and not that this is all includes all, all whatever. I'm not, I don't have the full, Insight. Sure. Right. But what I see is I think that there's a real distinction and there's a real separation that seems to be happening. And I think 2020 started that. Um, there was a real separation happening between the wheat and the tares. Yes. Uh, and those who and the funny thing about wheat and tares, is, you know, they look alike. Mm. And, you know, you can't tell a week from a tear until it's time for harvest. Uh, 
So uh, that that a preach by itself, but I'm not, I don't have time. So um, <laughs> that'll so, be episode two. <laughs> that'll be episode two. Uh, but what I do see is there's a real distinction happening between the wheat and the tares. It's a real separation that's very real. And uh, and I think it's gonna it's easy in this hour right now. Like I hear that phrase so much about the Levites, and I'm all for it. I'm here for it. But the problem is that most people think that just because they can sing, because they can play an instrument, they're a Levite. Ooh, uh, hit that. You can go ahead and hit that. <laughs> there is a real calling. There is a real Levitical priesthood, and it is a calling given by God. And Le- the Levites did more than had a business card and a CD release on Spotify. Uh, uh-oh. Now I'm going to get in trouble. Go the ahead. Levites let's go. The Levites actually had a real job description, according to Chronicles uh, 24, uh, 2 Chronicles 24. The Levites had a real purpose and a job description. Yes, they were the first to go to battle, which, hello, ain't nobody ain't nobody trying to go to battle these days. We just want to hide behind Instagram. Okay, so there's... <laughs> Uh, then the second thing is that the purpose of the one of the purposes of the Levitical priesthood, which we don't talk about much at all these days, is that the Levites actually had a role to give instruction. See, what most people don't know is that a lot of people in that day, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to try to not talk a lot. A lot of people in that day, though, of that day couldn't most people could not read or write the levites were the only ones who could read or write and so their purpose in being levitical priests within the uh the tabernacle was they were ones who could read and write and so they were to learn uh the pentateuch which is the first five books of the bible and they had to actually sing it it was the only way that other that the that the body around them got the word of god in them because they couldn't read on their on themselves so the levites actually sang the the word of the lord they actually sang the word of the Lord. They wow. were the first prophetic priest that actually got, that's how people got the word is from the Levites singing it. That was the role of the priesthood. That was the purpose of the Levitical priesthood. And they, and they, and they went out to battle singing the word of the Lord and playing the word that the word of the Lord on their instruments. And so I, I think it's real clear what's happening to me. I mean, I'm just sitting back and watching it and going, okay, uh, there's, those folks over there got a real Levitical priesthood anointing on them. And those folks over there sound great and are popular. Uh, but it's a whole lot of narcissistic worship going on over there. So Ooh. I see a real separation happening. That's what I see happening in, in the worship movement in any way. Um, and it's terrifying, frankly. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just, and I think that even breaches beyond the worship movement. It, I think it really it's does. just... It's a body. It's like the global yeah. body as being like, we're going to, like, God is showing you where people's allegiances are. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. where the idols are. And you're like, you just sit back watching, like, Lord, cleanse me, Psalms 24. <laughs> you know, those yeah. are clean hands and a pure heart. Like, let me yeah. remain here and with clean hands and a pure heart. And yes. it's so true. Like, I think it's just because someone can sing great and sing a scripture does not necessarily make them a Levite. It does not. The same way, just because you can put up a quote that has some scripture reference, don't make you a priest. Don't make you a pastor. You know, I mean, there's lots that go into that, you know. Mm -hmm. But because the beauty, it's like the the backside of social media, right? Like anybody can have a ministry now, but it's like. What you doing when you ain't on that Instagram? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, does your neighbor know your name? Like, right. do, you, do you know your neighbor? Like, right, right. Like, I, I get, I, I get turned up about it, honestly. No, for sure. I, you trying to reach your, you trying to reach the nations, and you can't reach your neighbor. That's a problem. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's an issue there. Like I was, um, I always think it, it's such a, you know, me and you probably know felt board Jesus, you know, where Jesus got stuck up on the felt board. Mm-hmm. But I was, I preached the other night and it's not to toot my own horn, but literally the spirit of God told me, he's like, I want you to preach this. And it was such a basic message that it kind of made me mad. I was like, really? Like all these people probably didn't heard this message, <laughs> but it, well, at least they know the story, right? Cause they know felt board Jesus, maybe not the people I was speaking to. It was a younger generation, but um I was talking about the Good Samaritan and how quick a priest and a Levite were like, bye, cross the street, go down the sidewalk like you didn't see them. Mm-hmm. I was like, how many times do we do that? Mm-hmm. Like how many times where we're like, we don't want to stop for somebody. We don't, we don't, you know, somebody's got to go run the church. Somebody got to go open the door. Somebody got to go bring, you know, but you know, we just got an essential oil order in. Somebody needs to go <laughs> divvy that out to the people. <laughs> Oh again, I went there. Lord help you me. You went there. You totally went I there. I did. I did. And I apologize <laughs> for any young living people that are listening. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Okay. I'm just saying. But it, but that's what I say. It's more than just a worship thing. It's like the wheat and the tares is something like we, anybody can make, call the harvest forth, but it's making sure where's your heart, you know? Yes. And like, Absolutely. let him, you know, we're interviewing on, Wednesday, this is Wednesday of Holy Week. And this was the, you know, yesterday was a crazy day for Jesus. You know, he's, he's getting challenged on every side about everything from the Pharisees and the disciples. And he's telling them what's to come. And, and he's, you know, he's sitting there taking it like a champ and also exposing everybody's heart, just like a champ. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you know, like I'm going and you can't stop this. Like, like it is, it has been written and it will be lived out. And yep. it's such a holy moment for us as a body mm-hmm. to really sit back and say, where's he challenged me and where am I missing him? Cause you know, the Pharisees, they were around Jesus the most outside of the disciples and still couldn't see him. Right. Open eyes, but that were blind. Open eyes and could not see. And so I oh, think that's, I know my like, Lord help me. Holy ghost. Yes. Open my eyes. I'm like, open my eyes, Lord. Um, and so I, I agree with you to sit back. And I think what you said at the end there was, you know, I sit back and it's a weighty thing. Like, it's not like I sit back and go, yay. Like, you know, the wheat and tears. Like, it's yeah. not, well, it's, it's, there's a severity to it. It is. There, there's a real in it there's like a i mean a, a good fear, like a real fear of the lord there should be a real a real fear of the lord because i'm like lord i don't want to look like a wheat uh you know our, our little our, our not little but our spiritual family community that, that we're part of here in kansas city which we're still you know not on staff at i have anymore but i'm still part of the spiritual community and still go to church there and we've been really digging into uh the laodicean church mm. in revelation chapter four and the the accusation against the laodicean church is this he says i know your works i see your works you have a name that you're alive, yet you're dead on the inside. <gasps> I don't, that's, there's a, that, there's a real terror in that of having a name, having a reputation that you're alive, but actually being dead. That's, that's this whole separation of the wheat and tares reality is tares look like wheat. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to look like wheat. And then only to, only to later discover that I'm actually not wheat. I'm actually tares. Yeah. And so, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a terrifying reality in a, in a holy way, not in a you know not in a not in a natural fearful way, but just like Lord for real, help Lord help me, yeah, 
I really need your grace. I really need your help. Help me, Holy Ghost, for real. But for real, for real. Yeah. mm -hmm. I think even for me, it's like, and you said this, and and we'll kind of land a plane here, but like you spoke into how you're still in the community. And I think that's the huge part of it, right? Is having those people around you, having having people able to, that you, you know, we have a mutual friend and you say, oh, he knows, he knows, knows me. Well, mm-hmm. I got those people too, you know? And it's like, do you have those people that can easily, you know, for the people listening, like, do you have those people that'll say, hey, how you doing? But for real, for real do it. Not like how you think people want right. you to be feeling. And I think- exactly. how, you know, in 2020, expose that. The church don't know how to feed itself very well. It's so you know? True. And so, um, well, yeah, I don't even know how to end that. But <laughs> but Man. just a pra- yeah, just a practical for even just people listening. Like, really, like, go, return back to the moment that he called you to whatever he called you to. And don't just think of it in the way of making yourself famous, but take it in a weighty way of going, what does this really mean? Like, am I, actu- am I actually a priest? Am I actually a Levite? Or am I just sitting under something because people keep talking about it, but right. I don't know if that's really what I am. Maybe I'm not that, and that's okay. But holding it with a reverence and not just, a, you know, holding that thing with reverence instead of just the, I got my name on it. I'm going to go use it. I'm going to go do the thing. And it's like. Right, exactly. That's so good. When, so, when something's valuable to you, you don't just go throw it at the swine. If something's valuable, you're going to go, okay, like, what does this mean? And, and hold it dear and near. And hold really, it yeah, holding it, holding it close, yeah. holding it with people that you love, that know you. Living in the light, I'm going to throw that one out. Living in the light, like learn to live in the light. Man, let me tell you, there's a cost if you don't. <laughs> That's, yes, yes, there's yes, a yes. Cost. Yeah, and so... um. I, I don't even know how some, I'm going to have you pray for us here in a second, but I would love, I ask everybody this question and I kind of already gave you a heads up, but um, mm-hmm. I would love if you could have three people at your table, Jay, um, you know, I always say this, like don't invite the Trinity. They already there because I think there's that thing in us. That's like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have Jesus. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Cause I would got plenty of questions for Jesus. Um, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, if you could have anybody at a table, whether it's a dinner, lunch, whatever, y'all eating some barbecue, whatever, mm-hmm. what would you, who would you have and why? That's a. I love that question, and uh, and I had to think about it when you when you posted to me. But I think the, the three people, honestly, that I feel like I um, most relate to would be um, King David. I want to know why he was a man after God's own heart. Like I want to dig into that. Um, uh, Keith Green, the late Keith Green, amazing anointed worshiper, songwriter, and Levite. Um, and then, uh, Henry Nowen, um, I love Henry Nowen. I love his writings, but when I look at all three of those men, um, there's something that there's something that all three of them had in common, uh, and it was brokenness and they were all broken before the Lord. Uh, he used them, he used them mightily. And I think Henry Nowen sums it up in, in the best, one of his probably famous quotes. He said, our glory is hidden in our pain. If we allow God to bring the gift of himself in our experience of it. 
in our experience of the pain. And so I, that literally just kind of sums up my life. And uh, there's been a tremendous amount of pain and loss in my own life. And I've not, I've, that's, I've been pretty open about that. Uh, some, you know, abuse and some just all kinds of crazy stuff in my childhood that we don't have time going today. But those three men are the ones that I would want to sit down and, and I would want to say, tell me what you know about Jesus that kept you going. Ooh. They kept you saying yes to him. So good. And so that those are those uh, are three heroes of the faith outside, of course, of Jesus and the Trinity. <laughs> yeah, right. I uh, I just I think it was probably three months ago I finished the he, the wounded healer. Oh, by him. Yes. And I just I had to. It was one of those books, Jay. I'm not even kidding you. I was like, okay, I'm gonna need to read this probably annually. This is going to, have to be one oh, of yeah. annual reads. <laughs> but it was like I had to go back and like re-digest pages because I was like this he he invites us into our brokenness in such a way where you're like wait I really do want to go here like it's actually not intimidating exactly you know because when you're when you're in social media church it's like put your best face forward don't tell anybody about your brokenness and then he's sitting here going the other way saying girl that's the landing pad if you'll just not be scared of it for two seconds right Exactly. Ooh, exactly. It's so good. It, so good. I love that quote. That's why I love that quote by him. Like our glory is actually hidden in our pain. We have to acknowledge it, and we actually find that the glory of God is actually hidden in our pain. If we, if we, I love, I love that. So yes, I love when you when you emailed that back. I said, "Oh my gosh, yes," because <laughs> I love that. But yeah. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Jay. I, I would oh, love for you to just close us out in prayer. However, the Father um, would lead you to pray. I know we kind of just went for it, but man, it was just so rich. I so, would so be rich. Um, I would be honored. So, Father, I am so grateful. Thank you, Lord, for Shane. Thank you for this opportunity to have had a conversation with her today. And for all those who are listening to this podcast from wherever they are, I am asking you today, Lord, even on this final point that we made today, that you would meet us in our pain. We want to know those hidden things about your son, Jesus, that will cause us to fall more in love with you. Lord, we don't want to be afraid of our of our brokenness. We don't want to hide in shame. We believe your word is true, that there is no, therefore now no condemnation for us. We are in you. We are in Christ. And so, Lord, we thank you that because of the blood of Jesus, as we approach even this weekend and this um, resurrection weekend. We thank you, Lord, that when Christ was resurrected, we were too. That we are, we were, we were crucified with Christ, and now we are raised with Christ, like Paul said. And so, God, I ask you that you would strengthen believers right now all over the uh, the nations who may be listening to this podcast. Would you strengthen those who love your name, those who bear your name? I'm asking you, Lord, that you would give grace uh, uh, to all of us to walk out this this righteousness, walk out this faith with humility. Uh, I ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, that we would bear the very fragrance of Christ uh, in everything that we do and in all those with whom we interact, that we, that we would actually put uh, the first commandment in first place in our own lives and that we would see the fruit in our communities around us. Lord, we love you and we thank you. God, I'm asking you that you would release the songs of the Lord, the melodies of heaven, prophetic songs, dreams and visions to all the creatives out there who are listening to this, who are longing for that. I ask you to release it to them today in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jay. This has been awesome. And yeah, I've loved it. It's so good. And everybody, thank you for listening in on this. Um, I pray that what needs to stand out stands out, but I do pray that you would just take time, whether you're in your car, in your office, at home, that you would just steal a moment with the father and ask him, ask him what may, maybe, you know, what he's doing in you, but ask him to come and land on it with his grace. Ask him, just ask him to meet you right where you are. And thank you guys so much for listening. And we love y'all.